Are you a professional optimized business? Time to look at Northern Peugeot Bandura to further professionalize your fleet with their updated commercial van range. The team at Northern Peugeot Bandura can help customize your fleet to your business needs. Stock arriving now, so secure your van and beat the rush before the end of financial year madness. Visit northernpeugeot.com.au or call 9119-9008. TNC Supply. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Another week, another episode of State of Our Football Nation. George Danikian being joined by Pakua Frimpong. Um, big, 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 big week. Every week we say it, and each week we have a multitude of different stories to, um, to run around and uh, pursue. What have you made of the past week? It's been absolutely intense and hectic, but uh, I think and some we, great goals scored. Yeah, some great goals scored, and I think that's why we love we love uh, all things football, right, George? We certainly do. Uh, we have a special guest joining us in just a moment. In fact, um, he's joining us via Zoom from uh, the place called Wellington in New Zealand. So we're going across the ditch. His name is Ufuk Talay. He's the man who looks after the Wellington Phoenix since about 2019. Formerly, uh, I think, the assistant with Steve Corica at Sydney FC. Ufuk, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, George. Uh, should I say, Hoshkeldiniz? Oh, well done. Sounds very good Turkish. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> George is very multi. What's yeah, the it's multicultural. Yeah. Stop that. Stop With that. All the languages. Well, look, um, it's it's a it's a, an interesting time. Uh, Ramadan is uh, is also upon us, so it's a special time. A lot of different responsibilities, a lot of different challenges for 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 both assistants, coaches, and players. How are you finding it? And of course, this is we're getting to the business end of the competition. Yeah, look, uh, it's it's a holy month for us. Uh, Ramadan has come upon us. I think it's a very special month uh, for all Muslims out there. Uh, we don't have any issues with that sense with players. Uh, you can see in Europe at times they're 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 breaking uh, during the games to break their fast, which is uh, quite special uh, and quite important at the same time. And like you say, we're coming to the business end uh, of the season. Uh, we've got four games to go, four uh, very important games where I think everything is in our hands to, to finish in a good spot to make finals football. How does the squad look to you at the moment? Uh, like every team, injuries, challenges, good form, bad form, all roll into one very important ingredient, and that is how you're setting up and the balance come finals time. How, how are you looking? Well, at the moment, we're looking uh, pretty positive with the players' uh, side of things. Uh, we've we've probably got one injury uh, in Ben Old at this stage, so just a continuing injury that he's had during the season. We've had to manage, uh, but but most players are, are fine. Uh, we didn't have the best result uh, over the weekend uh, in our last game. Uh, obviously, coming back from the international break, we had we had a lot of players away with the New Zealand national team with the uh, with the All Whites and also with the Twenty Threes. So it was a little bit. Um, Disjointed, I can say, that break that we had with players uh, being away and certain players still training with the group. But now, look, we've been through that game. It wasn't positive at the end of the day, the result, but uh, the footballing-wise, we can always improve. And, and we've got a very important game against the league leaders coming up uh, on Monday evening. That's right. Monday at Amy Park, it's Melbourne City, uh, Wellington Phoenix. Um, uh, when do you arrive 
Uh, when do you fly out? We'll fly out uh, Sunday uh, afternoon from uh, Wellington. Uh, we'll get in there uh, Sunday evening into Melbourne. Uh, and then the boys will just get straight into the hotel, have dinner, and have a good night's sleep, and prepare for the game for the next day. <laughs> uh, look, I, I want to just speak. And you touched on something a little bit in terms of uh, some of your players being unavailable because obviously they're with uh, the national team and things like that, the New Zealand national team. I want to ask in your first press conference, you know, when you came in, you, you spoke about having a really like you know trying to build with the New Zealand core of players and, and building your group like that. How do you think that's gone for you? And, and how has that helped you um, in getting this club really connected with the community? Yeah, look, it's very important. Uh, we're, we're the only uh, professional footballing club in New Zealand uh, that plays in the Australian competition. Uh, I believe in my time that I've been here, I've given 22 debuts to young Kiwi boys uh, in this in this team. Uh, it's very important for us to, to we, we heavily rely on the academy to produce players uh, and, and local players and provide opportunities for young local uh, talent uh, in, in this space. So for us, it's very uh, a pleasing and proud moment to have these players involved representing their country. Uh, and also, you know, we, we thrive on uh, giving opportunities to players and, and then them travelling overseas to better and big, bigger things as well. You know, in my time, you know, Cammy Devlin's gone over to Scotland as well to Hearts. Uh, this season we sold Ben Wayne uh, over to, to England to uh, to uh, Plymouth Argyle. Uh, you know, my, after my first season, Libby Kakache went to Belgium, now, now playing in the Serie A. And look, the, the reality is we, we understand where we fit uh, within the footballing landscape. We're not Real Madrid where we spend millions of dollars and buy players. Uh, we try to uh, promote from within and provide opportunities and collectively be competitive as a team within the competition, but also you know provide those opportunities to players in a pathway so they can uh, fulfil their dreams. Cara Bookspor, uh, back 90, was it 97, 98? What was that yeah, experience 97. like for you? Oh, that was on loan in uh, Karabuk that that year. Uh, that that ninety seven was when I had my first child. Uh, my daughter was born. Wow! Uh, so, yes, yeah, so it's a long, long time ago. So, uh, what's her passport? Which which is her passport? Well, she's got both. She's got Australian and, and, and a Turkish passport. Fantastic, well. so it's fantastic. It's funny, uh, my my wife and myself were born in Australia. My kids were born in Turkey. So, <laughs> so you know, uh, things work. They're more Turkish than yeah. you. Uh, 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 tell me, Ufuk, uh, do you have um, many relatives and friends, of course, in Turkey? Yes, my father still lives in Turkey. Oh, wow. Uh, when I went in 95 to Galatasaray, uh, he moved over and he hasn't been back since, to be honest. So he, my, my old man's still over there. Oh, uh, wow. And, and we do have, obviously, my, my father's, uh, you know, uh, his uh, siblings, so my aunties and, and, and stuff and that live over there. So there's, there's plenty of re- uh, relations over there. Well, I've been to Istanbul uh, a couple of times and um, I can remember catching up with Didier Drogba in Bebek. In Bebek, you know where I'm talking about now. Yes, uh, I do. I very, do. very comfortable place uh, on next next to the uh, the Bosphorus. And um, everyone does everything very coolly there, whether it's their Ferrari, whether it's their latest uh, 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 Porsche Electric or, but they all love their coffee. and They you make get, great food in Turkey. I, I well, really for, appreciate that. Well, they do everything. In those international cities, um, people say to me, uh, what's Istanbul like? Well, it, it's extraordinary because it has the world visiting it almost every other moment. You've got people from everywhere. Uh, it must have been an insight for you being born in Australia and going back 
and you're fluent, which makes it just that that much better, doesn't it? Well, I wasn't as fluent until I started living there. Yep. Uh, the only time we really spoke Turkish in Australia was at home with our parents. Of course, so, of course. Uh, mostly spoke English and uh, obviously living there for close to nearly 10 years, the Turkish got better over time. So I love I love Turkey. I love Istanbul. Uh, I still have a lot of friends uh, back over there that I, that I played alongside with. So I, every chance... Every chance I get, I try to go. Well, like last uh, last end of the season, I went to to go see my father as well, and then catch up with some mates. So, uh, I think it's a fantastic place. I was just going to say, uh, last night I happened to be uh, at a at an iftar, a home iftar, and we nice. got a chance to mix and uh, and tell some stories about uh, my time in in uh, Istanbul, in Cappadocia, uh, catching up with people, as I said earlier, of, uh, of the caliber of. Uh, of Didier Drogba, and and that that lifestyle that lifestyle is very very comfortable. It can d- Are you seduce to you. Soon, George? It, well, I, I was actually asked to read the English news yeah. in Turkey. Oh, nice. Right? Only problem is I have I have a maybe a, a misunderstanding <laughs> with uh, uh, Recep uh, Erdogan. Maybe he doesn't want me there. <laughs> maybe he doesn't. Yeah, want yeah. Me. Anyway, but that's another story. <laughs> Let's get back to the football. I, um, Interesting. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You no, were, no, no, no. See, no, I, jump see, in. You're the host. I've done there. You said, you I've, can, no, you said I've done there, George. That's, it's just so rude of me. Well, I was going to ask, obviously, this season, as a manager, lots of challenges arise and throughout the season. And your side, it's, you know, you're in a, a, a good place, you know, to make finals and to be really, really competitive. How is it that you, as you know, as a manager, go about maintaining morale within the squad in really difficult moments? Obviously, different managers have different styles. What? How is the way you like to go about that? The main thing that we focus on, uh, well, as coaches, uh, well, the way I, I see it is that we just work on the things that we can control. Uh, everything else around us becomes irrelevant. Uh, the main focus is what we can control, and that's generally uh, the attitude that we turn up to training with and how can we come better on that day and how can we improve. And then the things that obviously we can control and try to control on game day. Uh, everything else that uh, happens, like I said, outside of what I could control and what the players could control, we, we don't focus on. And look, I think the last two seasons that we've had being based in Australia has made the group uh, very resilient yes. in that sense. Yes, uh, But also being back home now uh, uh, has, has also lifted the expectation that we do even better. Uh, so there's another bit of uh, pressure on those players' shoulders now we're back at home to be able to perform <laughs> and win games and play well at the same time. Our special guest on State of Our Football Nation on FNR uh, is Ufuk Tele, the, uh, the the manager of the Wellington Phoenix. Now, you, you talk about the things that you can control. The Australian Premier Leagues has told everybody that there are two new teams coming into the A-League. One will be Canberra and the other one will be Auckland. What will a local derby be like for the uh, New Zealanders? Yeah, I believe it'll be a, a fantastic occasion. Uh, I think it's going to put a lot more pressure on Wellington Phoenix as well. Uh, you know, the pool of players is going to be separated. Uh, there's going to be a challenge in being able to retain the best players because there is another team uh, within the, the competition. And also, I think uh, another team coming into New Zealand helps uh, and takes a bit of the load off of Wellington Phoenix, we're producing players and providing pathways as well for for young men and women at the same time. So another team coming in, I think, is a fantastic idea. Um, my co-host, uh, Pukur Frimpong, is part of the Paramount Plus uh, team the, doing the coverage to support the um, 
and cover the the Liberty uh, W League. Um, and she tells me that um, very competitive Wellington Phoenix this year, their women's side. They're a little bit of, um, I suppose, outmatched last year. Yeah, but, but this season, very much more competitive. Is there much uh, of a mix between the boys and the girls? At times, uh, we were trained at the same facility, so we do come across each other. Our offices are pretty close to each other. Uh, but Nat was a head coach, obviously, of the women's team, and, and she's obviously worked with the players daily. So they would uh, do their do their own things at times, obviously, with their own squad. But look, uh, this is the second season of, of our the ladies being in the competition. Uh, you know, I think uh, next season will always uh, be a progression. I think uh, if they can, you know, they, they've been working around a lot of rules and, and a lot of things that they weren't able to do. Uh, I don't know them all completely, but I think, you know, if they can add a couple of visa players to their roster as well, I think they'll be even better next season. Yeah, they're definitely in, you know, they're in a tricky spot, Wellington. But, you know, they obviously the season, they finished bottom of the table, but they're a much more competitive side. And they than played, they were. Yeah, they were. And then, you know, they, they you know, bit by bit, you know, you progress and stuff like that. I want to ask about, obviously, finding, like, the talent in New Zealand, obviously, because you are the only New Zealand team at the moment. There must be so many players with so such limited spots. How does the recruiting kind of work for the team? Are you scouting? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to start my own football team. But how how do you guys go about, you know, deciding who is right for you and who is not because there's only such a few amount of spots and so many New Zealanders wanting to play football. Yeah, look, that's why I say it's hard with the with only having one team. Uh, we, we work in a salary cap competition. Uh, we're only allowed to sign a certain amount of players, obviously with a certain amount of money as well. So, And we have uh, current five visa spots within the competition as well. So five uh, foreigners take up uh, a spot within a squad of 2021, 20, 22, whatever you want to say. Uh, well, whatever your budget allows you to. So, you know, we, like I said, we uh, we heavily rely on our academy, uh, our technical director, uh, to find these players. Uh, currently, we have, I think, eighty-five to ninety percent of the under twenties uh, Kiwi side uh, with us uh, within the academy. So, we try to bring in all the best players that play at the seventeens, twenties level for national team within to our academy, and slowly provide a pathway. Look, the reality is, we're always going to miss out on players for whatever reason. Uh, sometimes they, you know, young players develop a little bit uh, quicker um, than others. You know, when when a player is fifteen, you think he's not ready, but then a year later he develops, and so and, and players are sometimes going to leave early to go overseas. So it's not always we don't go always a hundred percent perfect, but the reality is at this moment, uh, I think uh, the the academy does a fantastic uh, job in finding these players, uh, and also now. I think this season we've got the the women's in the academy as well, and they'll be playing in the local competition, which is very important. Uh, another pathway for for the girls in this country. So we're slowly getting there. Uh, it's not a hundred percent, but I think the club is heading in the right direction. Ufuk Tale is uh, our special guest on FNR's State of Our Football Nation. We're talking about Wellington Phoenix. We're talking about football. Um, as you know, very very big year twenty twenty three for Australia and New Zealand. There's a Women's World Cup. Are you feeling it? Is the buzz starting in places like Auckland and uh, and uh, Wellington? Yeah, look, I think it's pretty exciting. I think the uh, the New Zealand national team, women's team, uh, had a few games here. Uh, I think there was quite a big buzz uh, with that happening. And I think I think as the time gets closer, uh, I think it's going to be a great occasion, a great spectacle. Uh, I think it's always an honour 
to be able to host the World Cup, uh, you know, in your own country. My country is Australia, but also I've been living in New Zealand for a long time, <laughs> so I see New Zealand as home as well. So I think it's uh, it's a great honour to be able to have the the you know the best uh, talented players uh, playing in, in front of your own eyes. Uh, Ufuk, uh, your football journey. Just take us back. When did it start? And was your father one of those? Very special um, mentors and 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 people that made a big influence in your life. Yes, my father. I think spent a lot of time uh, with me. Uh, spent a lot of time down at the park, uh, kicking a ball around. Um, for me, when my father used to come home from work, I don't know if you remember George the Captain Soccerud uh, VHS cassettes. Yes, I do. <laughs> we yes, used to yeah, we used to make them with a couple of the captains uh, Socceroos. Johnny Warren first, and then Paul Wade, and 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 a couple of others. They were a special time, my friend, weren't they? Yeah. So my um, my my dad would watch those uh, and watch a bit of the skills, and then we go down to the park to uh, work them to out, try and, <laughs> and and try to uh, try to try to get me to uh, understand it and do it and. And my my father was pretty uh, pretty uh, strong headed. Uh, I think we would be there for a couple of hours in the sense that once he was happy, then it was time to leave. If he wasn't happy, we'd still be down the park. But uh, for me, I think uh, the effort and energy you know my family put into me. Uh, also, my wife, I got younger, uh, married very young, so you know there's uh, people don't achieve anything unless they have good people around them. And my family was very important to me. And you know, even if I live for a hundred years and carry my dad on my back for a hundred years, I still can't repay him for what he's done for me. Bravo, well, I, well said. I want to ask. You know, you speak about the work ethic your dad instilled in you as you know when you were young, and and I'm assuming obviously you carry that through on as a as a player. Is that something you, because it's so strong in you that you have to identify in a player for them to be somebody you want in your squad? That kind of work ethic. Yeah, I look. I think. I think the work ethic, ethic uh, and and just just doing the the the, the basics of uh, fighting, scratching, willing to do everything to win the game is. I believe is a given. Uh, maybe not so much with this generation. They still need to be motivated at times to get them over the line. Uh, <laughs> not, not all players, uh, some players. Yeah. Uh, uh, young I Devlin, think, uh, young Devlin didn't need too much revving up. No, did he? definitely. You know, some, some, some have have it on their. You know, they they they're switched on. They know what they want to achieve. They have a purpose in life, and they know they want where they want to get to. Uh, sometimes some some need a bit of a push or a prod to get there because they, they have a talent uh, that some people don't have and and they we, we're, we're the ones that uh, guide them and, and try to get them to use it more often uh, within within the game, uh, within training. So, look, my passion is there uh, for the game. The game has given a lot to me uh, and my family. And as a coach, you try to instill that with, into your players and that desire and passion to, to be successful and, and obviously get to bigger and better things. Uh, you've brought, I thought, uh, great... Um, stability to the club when you took over because there were big questions being raised about where the coach was going, where the uh, the old manager had gone, why he had gone. And, of course, you put all that very quickly to bed by just getting in there and doing the job. Uh, where does your contract leave you right now? How many more years do you have on the contract? My contract ends this season Whoa. at the end of okay. the season. Yeah, so I've been here. This is my fourth season at, at Wellington Phoenix. I thoroughly uh, enjoyed the time. I have a lot of gratitude uh, towards the club. They gave me my first opportunity as a head coach. Uh, so for me, uh, our chairman, uh, our owner, Rob Morrison, uh, 
for me, he's a fantastic person, a, a great human being, and also a very good businessman uh, and how he how he works and how he runs the club as well. So I've been very fortunate in that sense uh, with the opportunity that was provided to me to be able to showcase myself as a coach and, and be able to work as a head coach. Uh, so for me, I thoroughly love love the job. Uh, but look, like I said, my contract's ending at the end of this season. So uh, spending four, four years here has been, uh, for me, has been great. Are there discussions currently on the way or there the sorts of things you worry about at the end of the season? Oh, we've had discussions with the chairman. Uh, I'm not in a rush to do anything, Georgia, at this stage. Uh, so we've had discussions with the chairman a few times. But uh, like, uh, at, at this stage, I'm not in no rush to uh, do anything. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, Ufuk, tell me something. One of the one of the things that uh, we don't ask uh, of our coaches too much because I suppose they're so drawn and so committed to their team. What have you made of the season, though? You've been in the competition now long enough to be able to assess. Uh, there's been so much negativity and toxicity uh, about some of the A-League um, uh, happenings this past year. And, of course, we saw a game played the other, the other night between victory and uh, Melbourne City, and there were people saying or decrying the fact that the game was replayed and it should, the points should have gone to City from the very beginning I, I, know, I don't want to get you in any trouble, but what's your view? Is the game and the 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 competition uh, getting into a stage where you enjoy it immensely? Is it better than it was? Look, I think there's been some great games this season, to be honest, George. Uh, even the uh, I'll go back to you know the Adelaide Melbourne City game in Adelaide when it finished four uh, three. Oh, it was uh, a cracker! Been, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, really, really good games. Uh, well, I think. Well, I think what you got to understand is also we we've gone through a pandemic. Yes. Uh, for for a long time, um, we've we've played a lot of games without crowds. Um, we've we've you know we've ourselves have been based in in Australia for for a couple of seasons as well into Phoenix, which hasn't been easy. And I think as, as things slowly get back to normal, where I believe. You know where the fans are getting used to. They know there's a game every second weekend, yep, and, yep. and you know because during COVID, uh, no one went anywhere. And now after COVID, uh, we, we even when COVID, we, even when we played and fans weren't able to come, then then people find maybe other things to do, whether yep. other found other interests, and and you know now we're slowly coming back out of COVID. Obviously, you know people, uh, you know at that time may have been financially hurt as well. So, you know, look, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I don't run the country. I'm not an economist on how things work. But, uh, uh, Jacinta Ardern uh, is no longer running the country either. She's yeah. decided uh, there are other things that she wants to pursue. Um, no, I, I just wanted to get your view as a, a head coach, as a manager. Uh, as you yeah, said, you, you've, been, you've been overseas. You, you, you know the lie of the land and you understand. And uh, Pakura and I think – there's a whole new generation of youngsters that are suddenly putting their hand up and making a play to start their careers. And you're right in the middle of it. Do you feel that we're getting a reset? Yeah, I think we're slowly getting there. I'll ask you a question, George. Go. If you have a look at going on the coach's side of things, uh, have, have, I'll ask you a question. Yep. Which nationality uh, of, of coaches have been most successful in the A-League? Oh, that's a very good point. English um, or Australian? Yeah, most of them have been Australian. That's right. We're from uh, from Graham Arnold, uh, we've had, of course, the the lone Frenchman who <laughs> yes. who came for the City Football Group. Uh, but we've we've no Australian coaches 
have uh, predominate, predominantly been successful. Okay. Young Popovich did a tremendous job. Um, he's struggling to get get back. Yeah, Johnny Aloisi. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking we'll, we'll go with Australian. That's, that's, we'll look at him. We'll look at uh, yeah, and I are, are we'll going, to, get, are going well, to say Australian. I believe, I believe so too. I think the local coaches have been the most successful within the competition. And, yep. And I believe... I believe, uh, you know, all the coaches that are currently uh, coaching within the competition, uh, I think we've probably either played with each other in the same team or uh-huh. played against each other at some stage during our careers. And, uh, you know, we uh, – look, we obviously don't go into depth of the tactical side of things within the game and how teams set up and how teams play. But, you know, I think uh, obviously we don't have the same resources as a Manchester United or a Liverpool does <laughs> with uh, maybe – Maybe four. But know, you do have technology. But we uh, do. Ufuk, right. uh, no, no, Ufuk, we we have technology today that you yeah. touched on earlier. It used to be the VHS uh, uh, recorder right. uh, that That's that right. gave you access to you know some of those uh, dr- drills and training, whatever. But today we have we have access to the biggest and best games in the world on demand. That's that's freaky. Yeah. You've got young 12-year-olds um, watching the very best players in the world pulling up all manner of tricks and and a technique that they want to emulate. Does that thrill you or excite you? Definitely it does. It's more, uh, more, more opportunities to watch the best players in the world play. Yep. And obviously we have a lot more sports science behind the game as well. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, yes, sports uh, science. There's a lot more science uh, behind the game, uh, which helps – uh, to get players to a certain level, uh, especially and and develop physical attributes in the position that they play on the park, and and also be able to uh, manage you know their loads. So you know if you know that players are having longer careers uh, rather than during our time where players were retiring at 32, 33, now players are going all the way to 40. If you look at uh, Kazu in Japan, he's he's 50 something now. He's still playing. Fantastic. So, uh, so Stanley Matthews, so Stanley Matthews played English first division till he was fifty-seven. Yeah, there you go. That was a long, long time ago. <laughs> but uh, you know, there's there's a lot more opportunities now for players to uh, you know to be able to to get better. Not just not just by the coach. Uh, yep. I think sometimes young players at times need to take ownership of their own development as well. I, I want to ask you, obviously. I know this there in some sports, the, the, the relationship between football, like fans and, and, and like analysts and coaches and, and sports science is not always a friendly and the, you know, beautiful relationship. It's adversarial. Yeah, sometimes it can be that. How are you, uh, uh, there's two questions, but how are you in terms of, of that? Like, are you, a, a, like, do you like to lean in on the sports science or are you a proponent of the sports science will match the eye test? Like that's, you know, that's what you go with. Yeah, the sports science for us is that the data is there to back up what we see. Um, and if we don't see it, if we're always seeing it wrong, for me, the, the sports science doesn't uh, dictate the decision that I, I need to make as a coach uh, with a player. Uh, even the, the physiotherapy side of things with, with players with injuries or we, it's a very important game that we need a player to be involved in. Uh, that's a discussion that we have. And, and obviously, there's a risk v reward at, at the end of the day. So, for us, the, the data is there to help us be able to manage players and make sure that, one, that they're training well and they're meeting the loads and also fresh enough to be able to play the game on the weekend. So for me, uh, the, the data is important, but only really to back up uh, what we're seeing or what we're, or what we're missing with uh, your thinking the... and strategy. Um, tell me something. As a, as a manager, uh, 
do parents still get in the way? Com- confuse confuse players by by um, you just you know, in, impressing. There, just yes, I know, I know. For, impressing on the coach that that you need to play my son or my daughter more. Yeah, look, I haven't. It's I haven't called been interference. At that level for a while, it's George. called interference, of book. <laughs> yeah, look, I haven't been at that level for a while, George. But uh, when I did the skill ac- uh, acquisition for New South Wales Football Federation, yep. Uh, to be honest, I had I had the age group nine to through to twelve. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, and I was working with those players, and oh. to be honest, my parents were fantastic. Uh, I had never any issues. Uh, I would catch up with my parents every three weeks. And let them know that this is what we're working on. Uh, this is what what we're trying to achieve. And 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 on the weekend, hopefully, they can see the fruits of it within within the game. And I believe as long as there is communication with the parents, because the parents want to know uh, yeah. what their kids are doing, yeah. how they are developing. And I believe as long as there is communication with the parents on on how they. Their, their child is going, are they progressing, are they getting better or are they, you know, are they improving or do they need to do more stuff or whatever it is, uh, I think the communication is key and once the communication is there, I think uh, then the parents are, are probably easier to deal with. <laughs> uh, many moons ago when I was uh, a president of South Melbourne, uh, my coach was the uh, Johnny Anastasiadis, Johnny A. And I remember yeah. saying to Johnny, listen, you've got the year – we're not going to bother you. The board's not going to come down on your back. We've decided to give you the reins and we want you to do your level best. And understand my other commitment to you is I'm going to keep all the parents off your shoulders. And he looked at me and he smiled, this broad smile. And he said, thank you, President. <laughs> That's why I asked, Vuk, because you know full well in this modern age, you've got um, parents, uh, you know, making long-distance phone calls to Southampton, to Arsenal. C- can, I, can my son or daughter come in and, and do a trial mid-season or somewhere? Um, and it's and it's on one side, it's exciting and lovely and fabulous, but it can also be so disruptive. Yeah, it is. It, it's probably it's probably uh, more disruptive for the child than anything else. Uh, uh-huh. I think if there's more stability for that child, and and he has an environment where he enjoys the, the sessions with his coach, and he enjoys playing with his mates, uh, I think that's more important than 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 being at a Liverpool or a Manchester United. I think uh, kids will develop, especially if they're in an environment where they they have the opportunity to grow. Uh, so for me, and, and obviously, you know, the, the knowledge of the coach to be able to help these kids to progress and move on to bigger and better things is, is also does help. Uh, but like I said, parents, I think uh, I think we become a little bit impatient at times. We want things to happen overnight. It doesn't work <laughs> like that, unfortunately. Uh, you know, it, it, it takes time. Yep. Uh, and and what we want is we want we want the kids to have a long career. You know, we want them to have a, a career of 10, 15, 20 years, not, yeah. not where they come in and then all of a sudden they disappear after six months to a year. Well, in order to do that, you need great foundations, don't you? Whether Definitely. it's building a house or building a, 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 you know, a team, you've got to have great foundations. Absolutely. Yes. Definitely, definitely. If, you, if your foundation's weak, it's going to collapse on top of your head, Joyce. So, oh, uh, let's not talk. I, let's not talk about that in no, Turkey. No, no. It was been it been a difficult <laughs> no. period. Oh, oh dear. I want to ask you about um, you talk about growth, and I is there been a player that throughout your time and you've seen their growth, and and maybe when you first saw them, you're like, oh, they're going to be a good player, but they've exceeded exceeded, exceeded yeah. your expectations and and really taken 
significant steps, not just with the coaching team helping them, but individually taking the time out of their own, you know, schedule and just like really focusing on the little things that you wouldn't even have said, oh, maybe you need to fix this. They've just gone and done it themselves. Yeah, look, I think uh, I think it's in this in, in this level, it's it's a little bit different in the sense that, unfortunately, we're judged on results on the weekend. Yes, uh, what's not what what has been done during the week is irrelevant. Uh, people only see the ninety minutes uh, on the weekend and judge us on on that. Uh, but we have players, and I'll go. I'll I'll use Sam Sutton. Uh, he was a midfielder. We we brought him in my first year. He was with the academy. Uh, he trained with us for a whole season, but still played for the reserve team. Uh, got no game time uh, with the senior senior team, but he was also playing as a six. Uh, he was left footed, and you know we sat down, had a chat with him, and said, "Listen, we we see you as a left back, and you know what? We believe we can turn you into a left back, and also make you, you know there's not a lot of left backs out there, not a lot of left footed players that play in that position. So you can, it's an opportunity that we can actually make you have a career within the game for the next uh, 10, 20 years." Uh, so he bought into it. Uh, we worked with him for another six months uh, before we actually gave him game time. Uh, he embraced it quite well. Uh, no one's the end product. No one can be the end product. Even when you retire, you're not the end product. Uh, but he's embraced it quite well. This year he's had a disruptive uh, season with injuries. But, you know, the last probably 18 months before that, he's come in and he's done a fantastic job for us. And for me, I love those t- type of players that uh, take the information on board and, and go out there and try to, use it to the best they can. Do players make mistakes? Yes, definitely. I think we're all human. We're not robots. You know, if we were robots, we'd have a PlayStation uh, controller <laughs> in our hand. Touche, touche. <laughs> no, no. But uh, for me, I think Sam has been one that's, you know, uh, you know, he's got his, uh, his, his head switch uh, screwed on uh, pretty well and, and he's heading in the right direction. Ufuk Talay has been our special guest. Uh, Ufuk, I've got to say thank you very, very much for, one, making the commitment to join us and giving us so much time, a chance to talk about Wellington Phoenix, to talk about your career, to talk about your life and your experiences. It means an awful lot to our football audience. Part of what we do at FNR is to tell as many good stories as we possibly can and to broaden the message and to let it stream across the country and across the ditch. Uh, We wish you all the very best. Uh, Safe travels on Sunday when you come to Melbourne. Um, And is it, do you use the same hotel, the same venue for for continuity? Yeah, generally we we, uh, will be at the Crown Plaza. So uh, it's a a fantastic hotel and uh, we have a a great stay in Melbourne and hopefully on Monday uh, evening we have a, a good result as well. Well, we'll be there watching, my friend. We'll be there watching. Actually, before we let you go really quickly, I wanted to ask about that uh, game against Western United, the first game at home at Sky Stadium. What was that like and and how was the players? Were they able to keep themselves calm? or Like how was everybody feeling? Because when you saw the amount of people that was at the stadium. Yeah, look, it was uh, that was uh, a fantastic game for us. Uh, uh, the, the week... I don't know if you guys have been to Wellington. Wellington is a quite a windy yes, place. Yes, yes. Uh, so, I've been to the Beehive, uh, Ufuk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, that week was we had uh, – and they say you can't uh, beat Wellington on a good day too, and we had a fantastic week uh, leading into that game. And and I think uh, it was great to see so many people turn up. Uh, I think, uh, you know, during COVID, I think people missed uh, leaving the house and obviously having a sporting event uh, in the country as well. So – Coming back and having over twenty four thousand people there 
supporting us and, and also winning the game. I think we won that game 3-0 against Western United. was was a great occasion to, to actually come back home because we spent a lot of uh, time away. You touched on something I'd forgotten. The Wellington Phoenix uh, crowd have this amazing desire to rip off their tops and swing them around their heads. And I've never seen so many naked bodies. Um, <laughs> I didn't realise it, it, it doesn't get that warm there. And they just love they just love the cold. And they love to express themselves. And that must be, after two years, as you touched on, being based at, was it Wollongong, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, first season was Wollongong, and the second season we were based in uh, in Chatswood. So in Chatswood, so how tough yeah. was how tough was that? Yeah, it resilient, was, look, resilient on one side because everyone has to come together to play as one. But my goodness, um, you know, parents of players with children in in New Zealand, and you know, going to school and all of that. The, Zoom would have been very popular, correct? Yeah, look, it was it was difficult circumstances. Uh, we we made it work. Uh, like I said, we controlled what we could control. Uh, we, had, we had we had players uh, with their families come over. Their kids uh, go to school in Australia. Uh, we had our operations manager's uh, little boy come over with him, Fantastic. while his wife and two daughters stayed back in New Zealand. Uh, and look, you know, everyone everyone worked hard to, to make it work and, you know, it's a situation that's, uh, look, we, uh, were we in a bad country? No, we're in a fantastic country like Australia at the end of the day. Uh, you know, we could be in worse uh, circumstances. Oh, absolutely, look, absolutely. Listen, uh, you've, the- you've been terrific. Thank you very much for taking the time. Uh, wish you very well for the rest of the season. Um, it, I think you've done a tremendous job and, br- and brought enormous stability to uh, the Wellington Phoenix at a time when the club desperately needed it. And there are, uh, uh, you know, some youngsters. There's a crop of them there. And if you can just take them a little bit further, you might get some tremendous results. Thank you, Fook. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good evening. Thank you. Fantastic. There you go. Coach of uh, the Wellington Phoenix giving us his time, taking us through on a journey and telling us some stories about his past and his challenges. And uh, he's got a big game. They're uh, flying in from uh, Wellington into Melbourne. Uh, They're coming in on Sunday and the game, of course, at Amy Park on the Monday. It's uh, at four o'clock. It's the Melbourne City Wellington Phoenix game. Um, Your thoughts? What do you expect? On the I, Monday. I think it's going to be a very close contest. Yep. I don't yep. think it's going to be, you know, either team is going to give either an inch. I think it's going to be close and competitive, and I think we're going to see good football. That's what did you I make think. of the uh, game that uh, started about 500 days ago <laughs> and was finished only the other day? I think that uh, it's good that we've finished that chapter. Yeah. I think that's. Uh, were you happy that it was um, allowed to, to, to play out as it did, or would you have rather. You know, if you're going to penalise someone, penalise them, yeah? Yeah. Hand out the punishment, make it tough, so that next time everyone knows that it will not be tolerated. Yeah, I think the APL in a, in a weird situation because obviously nothing, nothing of that magnitude had ever happened before. I I think I'm okay with the game continuing later, you know, yep. from that There were a point. few commentators, yeah. one, one very loud one, yes. Uh, yes. telling us that it was yeah, appalling I, and all of this sort no, of stuff. No, I have, I have no issue with, with it, the game, you know, being played ahead because... And what did you make of the final result? I think it was expected. I, you know, Melbourne City are the better... So, the so what's happened to victory? 
Uh, You've seen enough. You've watched enough of the football and you've seen them at the very high point when they've been terrific. What have have they lost? Is it a focus? Uh, Is there a disenchantment? Is there a malaise that's like a like a virus that's 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 impacted the club, or do they? Is it just the sort of season that went wrong, and whatever they try to do to right it is just just too difficult? Yeah, their season didn't start particularly like no, well. No, and then, correct. And then obviously the we've had the interruptions with the, the World Cup, and and obviously when you look at Tony Popovich's track record. Uh, there is a certain point in his tenure where the players are kind of like we've had enough. We, you, we, you mean like Antonio Conte? Yes, yeah, that's and a, yeah, exactly. Tottenham Hotspur. And you've, for those sort of managers, they need to find the right club that that understands their mentality, and the club also has that same kind of mentality that goes about it. And I think, what that, about the same bank account? <laughs> yeah, that would you know, bank account helps too. Uh, but no, they. I think that the the players of. There's not a connection. There's not a connection with the coaches. Something is completely is off. Yep. And uh, I think they will find that again, Melbourne victory, but something needs to change. And if it's maybe reconnecting with their fans and, mm-hmm. and, and figuring out a better system for their fans so the club can move forward from this. Because I think that once that Tom Glover incident, incident happened, the season just went even further, even more. Uh, this game started with Tom Glover yeah. again. Yes, it's just he, he just—he's like a magnet um, yeah. uh, for anything that's happening between those two sides, and um, I, I suppose that there's also uh, a point in the in the season where fans get a chance to vent and showcase their feelings, yeah. and um, maybe you think they've had a rethink. Who the fans? Yeah, the fans about the about everything that's gone on. I don't know if they've they've had a rethink or. They've taken a deep breath. <laughs> Maybe deep they're breath. taking a deep breath. So okay. Think, Which side has impressed you thus far up until now? In the competition? In the competition. I was loving his Andrew Christ Mariners for a really long time. Yes. Um, Have they got what it takes to finish? I in, don't know. In, you know, to finish with that. They've got the players. I think they've got the players. Yeah. And I and you and I believe that the coach is it's, tremendous. It's yeah. He's a fabulous guy and uh, he loves the scrap. Yeah, he loves it. But can I, they finish it? I don't know if they can finish it. But I feel like they get very deep in, okay. into the finals run. Adelaide, obviously, they're on they're an absolute high. And we're hearing Carl Viet is yeah. getting an extension to yeah. his contract, and rightly so. He's one of the funniest managers on the touchline as well. Do you ever see him so. as a player, or are you too no, young? No, he's too young. But he every time I see him on the touch, he's so. And when I, I think he had an all access. Or something like that. Yes, yes. It was hilarious. I was like, this guy's a comedian. <laughs> like, he, he's so serious, but so unserious at the very same well, time. Well, let me tell you, as a player, he was capable of anything. <laughs> Amazing goals, crazy moments, um, you know, uh, a, a little bit of um, um, uh, craziness. Yeah. Uh, but again, he was there at a, a really successful time. Adelaide really was combative, really competitive. So he's used to winning, yeah, yeah. and he loves and he loves entertainment. And I think he's got the best stage. I think Hindmarsh, sorry, Cooper Stadium, yep. um, is is just about no. It's a great the ground. best ticket in town. It's a lot of fun when it's packed. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I what I love about this season is like the likes of Adelaide and San Jose Mariners because they're just good fun, and that's what I want 
the A-League to return to. Just good, fun, great young players doing really exciting things because that's really easy to market. Really okay, let's, let's go through the, um, the matches coming up. Yeah. And you give me your yes and no on what we can expect uh, this uh, round of the A-League. And, of course, uh, I'm still uh, hoping that, like you, that Paramount Plus will finally get its stop and rewind button going uh, because that was promised to us about 12 months ago. So they've got to get it right. They've got to get it right. Mind you, I say this, and SBS, um, if you're watching it on on streaming, you can't stop it. You've got to get out of it to, <laughs> to get, get back to into get it, back which into is it? which is boring. Yeah. So if we're going to bag one, we, ba- we may as well bag one on. of the others exactly. as well. So go on, look at look so at the we've round. Got, um, we've got tomorrow night. We've got Western United taking on Central Coast Mariners. I think that's huge game, very competitive. Western yep. of. They, they've got better from the start of the season. Yes, and but they had to. They were so they, poor. They were very, very poor. And yep. considering where they were last year, uh, yep. I think... Well, they were really hard to beat last yes, year. Yes, very difficult to beat. Very difficult Every time Western United nil, were one, playing, you United knew... Western United City, that's oh, what it was. But yeah. um, I think... You know what? I'm going for Western United. In this okay, so Western United yeah, to that. beat the Central Coast Mariners. The game is being played where? I believe Amy. Should be. Is it oh, no, no, it's a Mars Stadium. Wherever. Okay. It's Mar- Mars Stadium. So that's oh, it's in. Uh, oh, it's in Ballarat. That's what they're. Um, so this is an opportunity to yes. give to the Western region yeah. of the state a chance to get behind the Western is United. This, I think this will be their second game in Ballarat because I remember the girls went yeah. up there and played. So this will be their second game there. Uh, we've also got tomorrow at five o'clock. We've got Adelaide taking on Sydney FC. Okay, be. Adelaide yeah. playing Sydney FC. Yeah, um, At, in Adelaide. Okay, this should be, and I'll say it quietly, a lay down misere. <laughs> I think I think Adelaide is too too hungry, and at the moment playing some yeah. really good football. Sydney capable, yes, but they haven't been consistent enough all year. Am I being fair or unfair? No, I, I think I think that's fair. They're they're in a competitive spot this season. They they they've scratched and clawed their way into oh, yeah. a very competitive. They haven't been the most you know the Sydney of old. Just no, they no, haven't been no. that. But they've been gritty and won games that maybe they shouldn't have won and and have have done well for where they are because they're six at the moment. So. Finals is all it's yeah, still up in yeah. there for them. And it's all about getting to the finals. Then it's a completely new ball yeah, game. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, then we've got on Saturday the 8th we, at 5 o'clock, we've got Brisbane Raw. This is taking, Easter Saturday. Yes, Easter Saturday. We've got Brisbane Raw taking on the Newcastle Jets. What are you What are you liking? Which team are you most? Obviously, Brisbane are sitting at the bottom. Uh, I, saw, I saw a more combative Newcastle. Where's the game being played? The uh, game is being played. At uh, Dolphin Stadium. Okay, is, so uh, <laughs> Dolphin is a, a different ground. It's yeah. it's a, a rugby league ground. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's kind of funky. It, it may well play. We might see an upset. We yeah. might see the Raw um, mount one of those rear guard actions and come up with the points. Well, the Raw are sitting – they've only won five games all year. But the, the thing about the Raw that's so interesting is that – They've lost nine games this year, yep. and, and Sydney have actually lost more games, and so have uh, so have the Jets and so have Western United. They've just drawn like every game. They've drawn eight games. Well, what people don't appreciate is just how much a draw impacts your position on the ladder. You win that game, 
you leapfrog sides. You lose and, of course, you you fall like a stone. But if you draw, it's like that one yeah. point, that one, you're edging the your roar, way up. The roar just slowly and look, sinking. look what's level. happening. Yeah. <laughs> look what's happening in the EPL. Yeah. I've never seen... Uh, such uh, a, a, a concentration of what I think it's, I think it's 14, fourteen clubs, yeah, like fourteen down. Yep, is we were looking at. We were looking it's at crazy. So, if honestly somebody can go on a two-three game winning streak, they're, they're probably they've taken themselves out and out of the, the relegation top, zone and, and into a position of safety, yeah, relative like Aston, safety. Well, if you look at Aston Villa under Unai Emery, they weren't doing particularly well under Stevie G. Before. No, no, they were doing. Poorly. Very, very poorly. And Emery's come and well, I believe they're like in eighth or ninth at the moment. So, okay, Let, let's finish this. And I want to ask you some questions about the EPL. There are a couple of coaches that have just gone. <laughs> yeah, they've. Uh, so I want to see who's going to step up. But let's finish this. On Saturday night, yep. the 7.45 game, we've got MacArthur taking on the Wanderers at in MacArthur. Well, this should be, uh, I think, uh, the Wanderers getting back on track. Yes. Yes? They're after that very chaotic game. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I missed the game and then I... Caught on, I caught the back half of what had happened, and I was, <laughs> I couldn't believe what had happened. I, know. I felt, I will say, I did feel like it was overreaction after overreaction after overreaction after. It just like kept compounding. Everything just kept on going, and I was like, if so, if somebody just took a step back, they'd realise <laughs> that we do not need to be in this position right now. Yes, no red card needs to be handed Correct. out. Everybody should have just taken a deep breath. And, wow. Yeah. Okay, so that's. Uh, MacArthur against uh, Western Sydney Sydney Wanderers, and we think uh, the uh, (laughs) Borello-led Western Sydney Wanderers will get the the chocolates, Uh, the Easter eggs, sorry, Easter eggs, yeah, go on. And then we've got on Sunday at 3 p.m., I believe this is definitely it, Amy, uh, Melbourne Victory taking on Perth Glory at 3 p.m. Hey, Perth Glory are no easy side. They're no easy beats, and over there, they are fearsome. Now, who gets this? Who do you think will get the points? I think, I think I'm going to go with Perth in this one. Okay, I, I wouldn't. Tony be sub- Popovich would be going. You beauty, thank you very <laughs> I much. Be, but I, be I, I don't see a way for victory to win, but I could definitely see a draw, a draw, happen, yeah, a draw yeah, happening a draw. in the game. <laughs> but uh, but I think Perth, you know, probably is pretty solid. And the competition wraps up on Monday. Yeah. The public holiday with the game at Amy yes. Park. Yes, it's the Phoenix against the top of the table. Melbourne City, who got up and uh, got the uh, the chocolates against Victory the other night. I will say, I think that we start very, very strong and we finish very, very strong. I think the game between Western United and Central Coast is going to be like, cracker. a cracker and yep. pretty, pretty pivotal for yep. both of them. And then that City-Wellington game is also going to be a very entertaining game of football Touché. as well. So, Touché. But you know what, George? We've got some really good games happening in Melbourne. That's what I like. Uh, w, w League, of course, What's now it? is finished because we've seen the most wonderful finish from Sydney United, haven't we? Yes. So uh, we've finished the regulars and we're heading into the finals. Yep. Uh, we've got... Uh, Premiers three three out of four, is it? Three, three in a row. Three, three in a row. In a row. It's row. the first time it's ever happened in the competition. So congratulations to Ante Juric and, uh, and the squad because it was... We, he, was is a, he is a marvel. We, we must... If we're going to reward people like Pepe and uh, Montemuro, I'm talking about, and and others who have done a, a really good job in the, in the past, then we've got to turn around and say that he he has been absolutely terrific. Yeah, he has, and and um, he's obviously built a really good system, and that's been able to be replicated season after season with different players that's at right. different times, yep. and and they are. 
they're a very difficult side. They are definitely the favourites heading into uh, finals and things like that. But we'll see how they go and we'll see if he wants to stay, if he's going to stay or, or what's Maybe we should try and speak to him next week. Yeah, speak to Ante. Ante yeah, Ante Jurich, if you're listening. Ante, We're, we're, we're going to reach show. out and see if but, we can um, get you next week on FNR. But yeah, obviously we've got that break because the Matildas are taking on, I believe, England and Scotland. That's right, yes. Yeah, they're taking yes. on. So see how those Matildas games go. be interesting to see how they shake up against the world's best. But some players are missing. And then on Saturday the 15th, the first elimination final between Melbourne City at Victory at Casey Field. So that's going to be absolutely amazing yep, to watch. It and will be. It will be. And, and uh, if we want, if we want the, uh, the City girls to get through, they've actually got to play yes, uh, with, with that, that solid back that they haven't yeah. been able to deliver all year. It's interesting. This is an elimination final. Last year's the, the last year when they played each other was technically the prelims, but it was a, a loser goes yeah, home situation. Yeah. So we get round two of that this year, of this year, and we'll see how that's Ooh. going to be. Jeff Hopkins side narrowly making it into finals, courtesy of Melbourne City actually doing them a favour and drawing with Canberra United. So we'll see how that game goes. And then on the Sunday. Uh, on the 16th, Sydney are taking on Western United and winner goes heads into the finals. Okay, uh, before we wrap up uh, another episode of uh, State of Our Football Nation, let's uh, look across, uh, not the ditch, but uh, across to the EPL, the English Premier League. Um, we notice uh, a little bit further north, Scotland, uh, Celtic and Ange Postacoglu doing fabulous things. Looks like another magic season coming up. And hasn't he turned the fortunes of that club around? He has. And it's it, f- legendary status now is not good enough anymore. We're, we're in the into the um, uh, into that uh, pantheon of gods, <laughs> football gods, and and Andrew's just kicking goals each well, and every week. Well, every time, just, every time someone gets sacked, it's is Andrew Foster going to head into that that's job? That's the other thing. That's the other thing. There have been a number of. Was it 13 dismissals? Oh, like 13, 14, something like that. 13, well, maybe you know something. I don't <laughs> no, know. I, no, I definitely but, don't. Um, but the, already we've seen 13 coaches in one of the fiercest competitions in the world. Talk about, talk about results-driven. Yeah. Uh, we, we've seen um, – what did you make of West Ham? Is David Moyes going to stay? No, I think David Moyes – Stays. I think what, he stayed. what happened this morning? Uh, I w- Five one, a calamity. It is, but but Newcastle are certainly on the oh, up. They've they've they've, they've done. They've a, got a sniff now. Yeah, as has Brighton. Um, we're going to see the most extraordinary battle for the top four. Yes, and uh, I'm I'm afraid that my side may may be one of the uh, also rans. Well, Brighton have got two games. Yes, in I know. End, so it's... Yeah, don't remind me. Don't <laughs> Sorry. remind me. No, well, don't... we've had our chances. I was reliably informed only the other day we've dropped ten points in the last ten games alone. Now, if if we had not dropped those points, you we'd be, be clear third. Yes, you would be. So again. Uh, you've got to come back. No. The results make a huge difference, and draws are not good enough. You've no, got to they're win. Not. They're not. And I, I think that. Um, do you know for the one of the first times in the time that I've been following the Premier League? Yep. The 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 race for finishing first and uh, finishing first or fourth. You know that that yep. whole race. Yep. And the race for the bottom. Oh. I've never been this competitive in the entire time that I've cared about, like actively been okay. supporting the Prem or just football in general. Sure. So it's so fascinating. I'm always looking like, wait. Who's got the draw? Who's done this? What's the math? Where do we need to go? And not only that, we've seen Southampton at the bottom. Yeah. 
I uh, pull off that. pull off some amazing upsets, right? Yeah. Uh, Leeds have us. done it. Who else is at the, 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 the bottom three? Uh, so at the moment we've got Southampton on uh, the 20th, Leicester 19th and Bournemouth 18th. Leicester. Now, okay, I, I cannot believe Leicester have fallen like a stone uh, from where they were at the beginning of the season. Yeah. I understand the... The penalty the club went through when they lost their owner. Yes, and was also, killed in that helicopter crash. And, and also, COVID killed essentially their the financial system the, the, the that they had have, set up because obviously they are a, they are based with an airline and obviously there's no money coming in, so it's hard with all their players and and struggling. But but I also think that maybe they should have made the, the decision on Brendan Rodgers a little bit earlier, maybe, but they. They also just in a in a really weird spot of some of their best players were leaving and and maybe Brendan Rodgers' message just wasn't sinking in enough. That's but, a good point. But they've That's had a good it, point. But Leicester's time in the Premier League recently has been phenomenal. They've yes. won a league. They've won the FA Cup. Like they, it's they been, created history when exactly. they won so, the competition. I don't. I don't think. I think Leicester are too good to go down. I think that they will get enough points because. But look at that. They've got. They've got. Um, how many games have they played? They they're, played they're twenty. There are twenty nine games, and they've got what, okay. Well, if they've points. played twenty nine games, the side that has uh, room to manoeuvre um, is um, it's actually West Ham. They it's got West Ham. Okay, okay. so yeah. they've got one or two games in hand, yeah. uh, and they've also they're, at times they've looked amazing, yeah, and yet they cannot score enough goals, which at the end of the day is. The secret to playing football. Yes, it is certainly yep. the secret. Only There's s- a reason why they put the net there. You got to put the ball in the yeah, back of the net. They've only scored. They've only scored 26 goals. Yeah, and only. That's, I think the last time they did that was 1923. Yeah. Even before I was born. Yeah, it's, you didn't uh, like that, did you? No. It just just went straight <laughs> over your head. You, over my just, head. just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. But uh, no, do you know what, George? It could be quite interesting about this Leicester gig. If Graham Potter is to get it. He would have got three. He'd have three he head. I'm just saying, he would have had three head coaching jobs in the prem in a span of one season. Wow, crazy that's, stuff! Yeah, uh, that's almost our call. Uh, time for us to get out of here. Um, just a reminder that uh, for those who are uh, uh, marking uh, Easter this uh, this weekend, uh, make it a safe one. Uh, a lot of people out in the roads uh, drive carefully. Um, and my advice. If you're uh, contemplating going through a box of chocolates, um, make sure they're serious quality. But my favourite line now is, less is more. Yeah, less is more. Okay. And Pakura, I noticed that you're uh, fired up and committed. You've got a big Easter coming up. What have, what's your commitment? You've got a brand new gig. You can oh. tell me about this. We can tell them, can't we? Oh, no, I'm just doing uh, some content creation for the um, So APRs. content creator yeah, extraordinaire. No, I wouldn't say extraordinaire, just a fun gig that I've done at the APL. Okay. So um, and by the way, your favourite button, I believe, on any machine these days is save? Save. Oh, my goodness, absolutely, George. <laughs> Definitely save and, and that something doesn't end up in the, in the bin on the computer. Yes, but uh, right. no, it's been okay. good. It's been good. Uh, to everyone, uh, have a great uh, a great Easter, and we'll catch you next week on FNR. It's Pakur and George Danikin on what they call State of Our Football Nation. And our guest this week, uh, we're th- we were thrilled a bit to have Ufuk Talay, the coach of the Wellington Phoenix. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR.